We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, hotties? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined as always by my two favorite co-hosts of all time, Matthew Spinauer and Theo Ash. And today we are joined by very special guest from SB Nation, Kofi. Man, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Welcome. How are you doing? You just moved to LA, is that correct? Yes, I just moved to LA. Uh, as you see, the background, uh, you're still working on the overall stream room, but I'm glad to be here and big fans of all you guys and what you guys have accomplished and what you guys have done. And it's only up and up for you guys, honestly. I'm really like, it's, I really respect all you guys do. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. We're glad to have you on. It, it's kind of funny. When I, when I first started making videos, people used to tell me that I sounded like you. <laughs> really and, and, I, <laughs> and i didn't understand it and i and i don't know and i still don't know so for those that that said that i sound like kofi um here he is you can you can now compare side by side but today the idea of what we're doing we have each spent some time researching dissecting finding teams in the nfl and nba that are really struggling at this point and it's our turn to right the ship, right their wrongs, and point them in the correct direction. So starting us off, Mr. Theo Ash NFL, what are you going to do to solve the New Orleans Saints? You can't solve this in a year. <laughs> you cannot solve this. They are so screwed. And I regretted as soon as I took out. I was like, okay, I'll rebuild the Saints. It'll be a challenge. It's impossible. It is impossible. <laughs> You've got Michael Thomas, who is like 30 years old at this point. Never plays. He really? He's is on he a huge. Old? He's on a. He's like 30. Yeah, he was an older <laughs> rookie. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like, even if he does come back from the injury miraculously, and at this point, that's not something you should be betting on. Like, he's still out of his physical prime, right? This is not like a 28 year old coming back. No, this is a 30 year old. All right, you've got that. You've got Cameron Jordan on a massive contract. The Ryan Rams check deal is about to kick in. Uh, Alvin Kamara is on a huge contract. It is just not, you can't just get good off of this unless all of these players like turn it around at late stages in their career. And like, just all of a sudden they don't become injury prone. And to me, I think you've just got to let the fever run its course. All right. I think that Saints fans will want something done drastically this offseason. They'll want, you know, a complete turnaround. You want to tear it down. But I mean, if you were to cut or trade Michael Thomas, 
it's tons of dead cap and you're only saving like two million dollars. Like at that point, what's the use? Same thing with Cameron Jordan. Same thing with a lot of these contracts. So to me, like I I honestly think you just bite the bullet and you just let this core grow old. <laughs> and I, I don't know what what it's it's almost like the Bucks situation. The Buccaneers and the Saints are in a very similar situation, despite how different their quarterback play is. The Saints obviously have Andy Dalton and Jameis right now, and the Bucks have Tom Brady. But it's a similar deal where they both are way under the cap. They're both like they're both old, but they have good players. They like there is talent on the roster. So the problem is the Saints don't have the first round pick and the Bucks do. And I think the Bucks are going to trade up for a quarterback to alleviate their cap situation and get a big quarterback off the books, bring in a rookie. You've still got good players and um, you've got a cheap, like a really cheap quarterback now. I think that's the path forward for the Buccaneers. The Saints, I think, have to follow like a discount version of this all right i think that they have to they have to scour the league and find some sort of cheap quarterback like get rid of Jameis, trade him get rid of dalton and be number 32 in the league in quarterback spending for a couple of years whether that's you go out and get a jordan love whether that's you go out and find a Marcus Mariota somewhere. Maybe it's Daniel Jones or, or something like that who, who hits free agency and, you know, doesn't have a hot market. Like who knows what it is, but be bad you've got to do, they've got to be bad at quarterback. They've got to let this fever run its course and they've got to like kind of let this core that they've committed all these resources to for better or worse play out. Because if you try to every year, they try to be drastic every year. They, they spend all of these crazy picks to go, do something or they they signed a bunch of contracts like that you've got to you've made your bed you've got to lie in it for a while and i think in a year next year next or not next off season but the off season after next then you can start to shed some of these contracts then you can start to get rid of michael thomas then you can start to get rid of um Cameron, Cameron Jordan and, and maybe Alvin Kamara, and you can move on into the next era. And the 2024 quarterback class is amazing. So if you suck next year, like you're in a pretty good spot because Caleb Williams is there, you know, may yours it's, you can get a guy who is crazy talented, really toolsy and be in a good situation going forward. So it's kind of a boring rebuild at this point. And in terms of what I would specifically do, um, there's, there's certainly things like, Oh, again, like I said, you've got to start someone at quarterback. And I, I think that a new one would be in order. That's not Andy Dalton. Maybe you give Jameis a, a, a full, a full, like a full year or whatever, but I'm looking at their free agents and like Jarvis Landry, he doesn't need to get, you want to eventually get younger here. So guys like Jarvis Landry, who's a free agent, age 31, he can go David on Yamada. I know that he's a good player, but like, let's get younger here. He's 31. Um, I would consider bringing back Marcus Davenport, even though he literally only has half a sack this season. But if I do think that he's talented and he had a great year in 2021. So if you can bring him on like a severe discount, I would consider doing that. Um, but overall, I would let a lot of these guys go uh, that are, you know, 
in their 30s. Mark Ingram, he doesn't need to stay around. Jarvis Landry, he doesn't need to stay around. PJ Williams, the corner, like even a guy like that, he's 30. He doesn't need to stick around. Like shed these contracts, let them go, and and just stink for a year. The 2024 quarterback class is amazing. Shed sh- a year from now, get rid of Michael Thomas. Maybe even at the trade deadline next year, if he's healthy, it's a lot more palatable to trade Thomas then. Um, after June 1st of 2023, then it gets a little bit more useful to trade Michael Thomas. At that point, if he's healthy, trade him to a contender, trade Davenport or not Davenport, trade Cameron Jordan to a contender. And then your fire sale starts to starts about a year from now. And that's where I'm at with the saints. I think, I think they've got to lie in their bed for a while and it's kind of a boring rebuild and it's not a, so so, so let me get this straight. You're saying the saints won't be palatable. For like four years, I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be. That's fine with me, two honestly. Or three. <laughs> I'm fine with right, that. Right, the Saints. I don't think anyone. Fe- I don't think anyone should feel too much sympathy for the Saints, just because, like, all of these. They're like, oh, we can just. They've got to. It'll never come back. Eventually, to oh, like so this was coming for such. <laughs> right for such a long time, it seemed like this day was coming for New Orleans, and it, and they just kept ducking it and dodging it and pushing things into the future. And people were like, "How do they keep getting away with it?" This is how. So no one should feel bad for this team. No, this this isn't a like unfortunate like Chris Ballard and the Colts, which we'll talk about. Where it's like, oh, oh man, they, they trading for Matt Ryan. They luck retired on him suddenly. They needed a stopgap quarterback like. Like Ryan was a good idea, but you know, it just didn't work out. Like the Colts, I can kind of feel bad for their situation. Well, maybe not so much anymore with Jeff Saturday, but no one should feel bad for, for the saints. And I think like after June 1st and next year, the trade deadline, you've got your fire sale, you're freeing up cap space, you're trading Michael Thomas to a contender. And then in 2024, you go get Caleb Williams. Cause you're going to stink. And um, that's okay. But I don't. So that's my rebuild. I don't know if it's that simple because it's not like they can just take their medicine and whatever. They have negative seventy million dollars in cap space next season. The reason that is is because they keep restructuring and keep restructuring and keep restructuring. But now you're in a position where you'd like to stop doing that, but you do have to field a team. You do have to have fifty three players on the roster, and the longer you keep restructuring, the worse it gets. And and guys like Camara, who's probably not really trending up, or Cameron Jordan, or Michael Thomas, that's going to make you have dead cap like way, way, way into the future. And it's it's honestly even if you wait till twenty twenty four, and I think they're going to have to have a bunch of restructures this year to even make the cap work because these guys have so much guaranteed money left because they never. They never pay it. They always, you know, push the can down the road here. I think you're going to end up taking away a lot of the advantage of having a young rookie quarterback on a deal like that when you're still paying a bunch of dead money to like the last era's players. It's certainly not ideal. Um, it's <laughs> it's certainly not ideal. And when we might see some trades, Alvin Kamara has already been, you know, in some trade talks. Uh, we'll see if that happens. I don't really see the use in it when you look at his his cap space. Again, it's it's a little bit tough to um, to see until after the the trade or about the trade deadline time next season. That's when you start to see some real cap space savings for these players. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of undrafted free agents on this roster next season. Um, I think that they're not going to re-sign any of their talent basically this offseason that leaves. Uh, and you're really going to have to work 
the bottom of rosters and undrafted free agents to get a team under the cap. And yeah, it's going to be rough. It's going to be really rough. And even then you're right. Like there's going to be dead money into the future. It's not an ideal situation for the saints. You would have liked them to have been in the playoffs and contending for a super bowl this year. That was, I think their plan in this NFC. And I could kind of see the vision a little bit in this NFC, which is bad. They won nine games last year. And you can think like, Oh, getting Michael Thomas back, getting Alvin, like getting, uh, some of the offensive line pieces back ramps check and whatnot. Uh, this is, looks like a top defense. Like we won't have to start Trevor Simeon. Like there, there's a, there's a shot. Let's go all in right now. Like I, I saw the vision a little bit there with this NFC, but it just, it just didn't work out. And yeah, it's, it's not going to be an ideal situation. And I think you're going to have to rely a lot. There's going to be some really bad players starting for them in place of like on Yamada, their defensive tackle next year is going to be terrible. Like, it's just the way it's got to be. Maybe they can move on from a guy like Demario Davis or or Alvin Kamara. Um, who knows? But to me, I would I would just work work the bottom of the rosters. Trust my trust my in like in league scouts to see if they like if there's some nobody who gets cut from a practice squad that that has some talent. Um, but yeah, it's 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 going to be rough for for a couple of years, and yeah, it's it's definitely certainly not ideal. Now, what I didn't tell you guys is that after each rebuild, we are supposed to rate it on a one to five scale: one being the worst thing oh, you have man. ever heard, <laughs> five being perfect. And everyone in the comments on YouTube, make sure you you do the same. Rate everyone's rebuild, um, and don't be afraid to be disrespectful. Um, we're, we're allowed to do that here. I'm personally <laughs> going to give Theo years a five because uh, the Saints deserve to go 0-17. <laughs> You'll be right on that eventually. <laughs> eventually, that take will age age perfectly for me. <laughs> that's the. That's I don't the, know. I, I would say that I kind of disagree with it. I'm going to give it like a three. I, I don't think that they can just sit on their hands and not do anything. I think they absolutely have to. They absolutely have to like restructure a bunch of guys. I don't think there's any of like they literally have negative seventy million dollars in cap space, and it's the only way out. But like you look at that uh, David, uh, who are you just talking about? Anyamata. Yeah, you know how long his void years stretch into the future? Four <laughs> Three, seasons. Four? four seasons after this <laughs> one. Granted, after the first one, which is ten million dollars next year, it's not that much money, but it's just crazy how long this is going to go on. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to I think it's a very tough rebuild. I think it's going to be tough for them to get a quarterback without being really bad. I'm going to I'm going to give it a 4. I don't know if you guys all know this but like I'm like an NFL novice and all that. You know, it's like I always watch like I'm trying to like still learn about the sport cuz it's a sport I've never played, you know. You watch like the All 22. I'm learning about all that like watching like the Brett Coleman's and the QB schools and the YouTube like it's all a new kind of thing to me, but I'm always 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 for it. just like an absolute dumpster fire yard sale <laughs> of a rebuild. Just like get rid of everybody. We're going to like sim this. I love that. All 
always because I was I'm <laughs> as a fan of like awful teams all the time. There's always the team that you know it's like oh we're gonna we're not gonna go all in on the rebuild or not gonna go all and then it just gets you nowhere for like a long period of time and it's the most frustrating thing to watch and just like sit through for years and years and years. So as a as a Hornets fan, I, I definitely feel that uh, being the ninth seed over and over and over and over. <laughs> I think in the NBA, it's like suit like in the NBA you have literally no option. If you don't tank at some point, you will just never, it will never work for you. There's so few championship teams I can think of that have like made it work without doing that or without being bad. Because you you need, because you need a Giannis eventually. Like that's the thing about the NBA. It's like you need those lottery picks. It's like who is building around non-lottery picks? Almost no, but maybe the Raptors kind of. Um, But I, I think in the NFL teams, like because it's so much, you can turn around a team so much quicker it's possible not to do it but i still i look at a lot of these teams and i still think more teams should be doing what like the texans are doing or what's another the lions are doing where it's like you're just gonna have to be bad because it's so hard to get a quarterback any other way we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How much time do you think you spend looking at a screen? Because me personally, between my phone, my laptop, my two monitors, my TV behind me, my iPad, I can pretty confidently say that I spend at least half my day on an electronic device. And really, the truth is whether it's working on your computer or watching TikToks before bed, that amount of blue light exposure can be really damaging for your eyes. And studies have shown that exposure to this much blue light from these devices can lead to things like headaches, eye fatigue, blurry vision, and even trouble sleeping. But worry not, I'm happy to say that our friends over at Felix Gray can help. Their blue light glasses filter 15 times more blue light that can make screen time tough on eyes and disruptive to sleep. But are you still not convinced? Well, what if I told you that wearing these glasses that they gave me could instantly get get you looking so much more drippy? Look, I, I got a pair on myself, and you could look just as beautiful and sick if you had glasses just like these. I always get compliments when I wear mine. You can as well. They frame your face really well. So if you want the best prescription or non-prescription blue light glasses on the market, use our URL, felixgrayglasses.com slash stay hot. Again, that is felixgrayglasses.com slash stay hot. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges, felixgrayglasses.com slash stay hot. I have a question for y'all. Do y'all think 
the like the NFL should have a lottery in terms of like not not like 16 teams like the NBA, but maybe like three or five. I always, I'm a big proponent of the free market draft and draft picks just become free agents. And that way, bad teams like a team like, I don't know, the Lions, they, they just traded away TJ Hawkinson, their tight end. They have so much cap space for parody. They might be able to sign three top 10 picks if they if it was like that you know like that to me brings parity to the league more than anything would be these bad teams with tons of cap space with tons of um you know everything tons of resources they can add a lot of young talent to the roster very quickly and there's more player choice to go along on top of that and you won't see guys getting drafted into situations they have absolutely no control over and to counteract that teams might be able to offer them a bag right away so and they're rookies so it would be interesting to see like what kind of contracts they would fetch in general i it's not a perfect idea i know but it's hard to imagine is as far if we're if we're gonna restructure the draft i think it works fine without the lottery like i've like i just don't think tanking is as big of a problem as i mean obviously the bears are trying to lose right like they're they're shedding <laughs> contracts and they're not fielding a competitive robert quinn and roquan smith are like they're all the two good defensive players and they're like see ya but i i still do think like the nfl is a league where there's a, a good amount of parity right now even though there's um not a lottery i i've never thought of like tanking as like this Wide oh my god issue, the yeah. season is ruined because too too many teams were tanking for trevor lawrence like yeah. i didn't feel that way got so it, got it i don't know i i i wouldn't be for it i wouldn't be against it like whatever who cares um but i i've that mo what is more interesting to me than a lottery is free agent free uh draft classes i don't know if you have any thoughts on that or have ever given that any thought I, I have not given that any thought at all. I was just, I just like came up, I was just like, oh, maybe, uh, Tr know. Trust me, Theo is the only one that has thought of that. I'm not the only one who's thought of that. It would not work in the, I would not be for it in the NBA because in the NBA, I trust, I don't trust the small NBA market, big market to, discrepancy is just oh, too yeah, wide. Like as a Hornets fan, I absolutely I it's promise you we don't want that. No one, you, no you one's coming. No one, no one is signing to the Detroit Pistons like at, on their free will. You know, this like, is they're, they're like, oh, this these are all the teams. Like, okay, fine, I'll pick Detroit. And yeah. right, at least <laughs> NFL free agents have shown me like the Jaguars did sign free agent. Like they were able to sign Christian Kirk and Falaranzu Fatakasi, the defensive tackle from the Jets, who's pretty good. Like they have been able to. Bad teams have been able to splurge in free agency it has happened in the nfl before they might have to overpay a little bit but players will go there right in the nba i can't remember like holy cow look at this big free agent the pacers got like i i who is the last right. guy right so it doesn't, all, it doesn't ever trust. happen it's always an overpay it's always a like it's like dang it's always a gross overpay that like bites that bites the team like years later and you're just like okay well you can overpay for yeah. like the, like the best player you could overpay for would be like a Gordon Hayward level guy. Once one, I mean, even like the Tyler heroes and the Jordan pools of the world, it's just like, they're just like an in free agency. They're just going to get the max. And at that point, they're just going to choose between which teams are willing to offer them the max. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm trying to, I had one, one more point on that. 
A- oh, my point is also like some people will will say, well, the small market teams, the the perennial losers, they'll never turn it around. No one will ever go there. And I'm like, what? And the, my counter is the perennial losers never turn it around anyway. <laughs> like even with the draft, when they can force players to go to their team, like the poverty franchises still remain poverty for like decades at a time. So like it can't hurt. It's not going to make it that even more severe because it's already pretty severe. So. Right. That's where I'm at with the, with the draft. I like the draft. I'm not like, oh my god, this needs to happen. But it it is an idea that interests me. But yeah, it'd well, be interesting how trades would work with that if draft picks didn't exist. Oh, it would be you trade money. But it would be like <laughs> maybe maybe you could trade extra. Yeah, yeah. That's, like bri- that's like that's like damn near bribery <laughs> <laughs> at that point. The- <laughs> The tampering that would go on in that oh scenario would be unbelievable. Legendary. You would guy, you would have NFL teams tampering with like Arch Manning right now. <laughs> High schoolers. <laughs> That's kind of why I want to. I want to. I'm just morbidly curious. That's another thing. Like I'd like to just see what would happen like what kind of contracts would these guys get like how far and would it become like college recruiting like i have no idea what it would become i would like to see it for like five years with the option of like pressing a button and like making it go back to normal if if it didn't work but obviously in real life kind of (laughs) once you open that box it's tough to kind of go back to like never mind we're doing drafting again so i don't know it does intrigue me though. And I do think like in a perfect world, it would be interesting to see if bad teams could add like the top three prospects in the draft if they like had enough money. So yeah. Right. I guess going to, to my rebuild then I I took on the Colts, which one of my friends described as a, you know, the NFL team equivalent of a warm glass of milk, (laughs) which I, (laughs) I always think about, but they're kind of in a similar situation. They just cannot make it happen in one off season. And they've got, they've got two major problems. Number one is that they have invested all this money in players that are a like kind of not performing to where they should be and B not in incredibly important positions. And we're, I think we're big believers in positional value is maybe a hair overrated, but when you're paying like an off ball linebacker and a guard all this money, it's not great. Yeah. And I, I just I just think they haven't built like their overall team building philosophy is caught up with them with that type of stuff. And it doesn't help that, you know, Quinn and Nelson is just like not himself and Shaquille Leonard keeps getting hurt and all, all this other stuff. Um, the other thing is that you cannot be you cannot stop gag solutions at quarterback just don't work ever. They don't work. It doesn't it's not a serious strategy for serious teams. You don't like the um, eternal bridge, right? It's like, that's, that's what, the, so it's like, Oh, we're going to go trade for Matt Ryan. Well, we know how that's going to end. You're going to go trade for Carson Wentz. Well, how is that going to end? You know? And it's like, it's just good enough. So where if you're like a biased fan of that team, I can, I can talk myself into that. I am a Panthers fan. So I know as much as anybody, I can talk myself into Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield or, PJ PJ Walker at this point in an off season, but then you get to the real games and then they start having like real expectations and it doesn't work. So they absolutely, for a, a franchise that has built, you know, it's, it's major success off of Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta bite it for a year. Um, the, the other thing is that like 
they even even if from here on out they lose a bunch, which considering that they just hired like some random retired player from their team hey, to be the head coach. Respect Jeff Saturday. Respect Jeff Saturday. There's a real possibility that that they they could like lose out or close to it. They're going to be picking like they've already won too much. They've already won just a hair too much where they would need to go like winless. And even then, outside of Stroud and Bryce Younger, it's like Hendon Hooker and Will Levis. Are they quite that level where you really want to just go in for them with a bad supporting cast around them? I don't know. And I know they have multiple second round picks. I know they could make some trades, but there's so many other teams that a need a quarterback more like the Texans have to have a quarterback. They've been without a quarterback for two years. The Lions have to have a quarterback. There's other teams that have already stockpiled the assets. So it, trying to beat out those teams that I think are going to finish worse than them, trying to beat out teams that have already stockpiled more assets, I don't think it's an option. So if I'm them, I am also taking a year. And I, I'm looking to trade a, as many guys as I can, to be completely honest. Now, I think they're in a little bit better position than the Saints to trade these guys. And while a lot of them have big dead cap hits, I think everyone's in a better position than the Saints to trade these guys. The Saints are like, I've never seen anything like it before. Well, no, and no one's it's ever crazy. done anything like it. So with the Colts, I, I, I think a, my strategy would be these guys are not on great contracts. However, their contracts are not bad when I trade them because I will be taking all the guaranteed money. And I can take all the guaranteed money because I just want to get this over with. I want to get through them as quickly as possible. I want to be bad for a year and go after that next year's draft class. And I, I want to get as many assets back for them as I possibly can right now. So that, that goes for guys like um, DeForest Buckner would be one guy I'd be looking to trade. Uh, Ryan Kelly, uh, Moore. They've got a lot of guys. And, and there's some guys who I think are not even necessarily on bad contracts that I'd be considering. Jonathan Taylor. I would be out on paying Jonathan Taylor. I don't think I don't think it's a good strategy. I hate to say it. I know we've we've said that like Kenneth Walker was like a really good pick with a second and whatever and and Taylor's good, but if you can get a McCaffrey type package, it's just worth it. It's just good value before you have to pay someone yes. like him because you've seen what happened. He, you can be as good of a running back as you want. Offensive line isn't there. It's shot, you know. Um and I'm, I'm and maybe even Michael Pittman Jr. because Michael Pittman Jr. maybe falls into that category of like guy who is good and you could get good assets for, but is maybe not so good that you want to pay him what he will end up getting. But I wouldn't the be TJ Hawkinson zone. He's in that TJ Hawkinson zone. And it's like maybe a yeah. contender would be a little bit better off with that who could be more aggressive with his contract. But I, I wouldn't be feel forced to trade those guys. Um, I would I would just want to, you know, wait a season and, and do that type of stuff. The other thing is like when you get into the draft, if I'm them, I'm preparing to get a franchise quarterback. Like I want the number one overall pick. That's what's worked for him. That's kind of how you have to, you got to have one of those high picks. So if I could potentially pull like an Eagles type stunt last year, the Eagles trade away one of their first for first next year. Right now they've got two this season. I would not mind doing that. I would not mind the trade down. I also yes. would consider like, and that goes for all of their picks, you know, I don't think you can fix the offensive line in one year, although I'd start working on it now. But I, if, if I was going to use those high picks, I'd be saying, okay, let's get 
a position where a quarterback can come in and actually win from day one. Let's not have a Bears situation where it's like, there's nobody on this team at all. And we've got to go scramble to try to find any sort of receivers. And you're not in that position from a receiver standpoint. If they keep Pierce and Pittman, that's actually pretty close to a respectable receiving core. But I think the things I'd be looking to add this offseason outside of just kind of having like a Panthers-esque fire sale is get a receiver who can win in some different ways other than Pierce and Pittman. I think they're just a hair too similar where it's, it's a lot of deep shot stuff. And then, you know, invest more into the offensive line and get off of these bad contracts. So I'm, I'm biting the bullet um, on, on the bad contracts and then trading them while I can. Um, I'm trading back and trying to stockpile picks next year, and I'm, I'm punting till next season. Outside of that, I think I would at least look for somebody. If you could get, like, someone who is interesting at quarterback, like, give a young guy in like with like a date, like a third round pick, a tryout for a season, instead of just being like, well, we're just going to do nothing at quarterback. I would do that. When was the last time that a team, like a team, a, co- a coach got fired midseason? I cannot remember the last time an NFL team brought an interim coach from like outside the staff. Is there, is that, is that, is this situation ever happened before, honestly? It's, pretty unprecedented i mean this is like a little celebrity cameo at head coach they almost (laughs) always just it's so funny i i enjoy i morbidly enjoy it just because it's funny just to promote some like beloved character from like the mid-2000s from your team to be (laughs) your head coach just when it doesn't matter like if the Packers were to fire LaFleur and they brought in like Donald Driver to be their <laughs> head coach, I'd be like, hell yeah, you know, like, well, who cares? He's not going to be here Joe next Thomas. year. At least I'm not worried about them hiring <laughs> right. the interim in case he does well, uh, which is never something that works out. So, like, it's stupid. Absolutely. But it kind of doesn't I think matter. it's funny. It's it like not really that big of a deal, but it's like it's more the process of it happening is what's right. concerning rather than like it itself. It is like I saw someone compare right. this to it on Twitter. Like it is like when you're playing 2K and you can sign like Tim Duncan to be your head coach or whatever and doing <laughs> that because they have all the former players like you get eight right. years into a rebuild. All of a sudden, Steph Curry is your assistant coach or whoever. It's kind of right. like that. But... <laughs> Yeah, they, they they just they need to commit fully to the rebuild. They've got to they've got to get off of some of these bad contracts. And I, if you couldn't find trades for some of them, I'd be willing to cut them. But I don't think there's a path of like we're keeping this core together because I think the core right now is just so like the 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 spending on it is just so out of whack, and the age is so out of whack. And you're not going to be able to get a quarterback this year unless you like literally lose out and get lucky. I think they could lose out though. They I'll could. say that. It's Ellinger and Jeff Saturday. All right. Like, <laughs> with a horrible offensive line. Okay. It's with a yeah. horrible offensive line. It's not impossible. No, I but think what, that they're going to the, climb rapidly. What was the, like, didn't, didn't the owner, like, text Jeff Saturday? It was like, how do we fix our protection? <laughs> I, I, I'm sure he did. I had always imagined that they were like both at like a Chili's and he was like, yo, you want to coach? All right. Fine. That's how I, that's how I, yeah, I'm like, like, how does this happen? How do you, they were, like, I know they were drunk and <laughs> my staff members they were drunk nah. like at a party and they're like, bro, they're I love fun. you so much, bro. Our offensive line is so bad, dude. You could fix them. We need you to fix them. 
<laughs> oh, I could fix them, dude. I know, dude. <laughs> bro, do you want to be the coach, bro? Yeah, dude. I do want to be the coach. I think it was a drunk conversation. I absolutely. The $1 yeah. shots at Applebee's. Like. <laughs> those chili specials have the dollar, the dollar in, I'm afraid. The dollar Long Island iced teas at Applebee's. <laughs> uh, throwback to college for me. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the... the the Colts rebuild situation isn't, I think, the worst in the world just because they have cap space when they cut Matt Ryan this offseason and he fades into obscurity. Like, they're going to have some money to sign some guys. I would, their run defense is really good right now. Um, EJ Speed is a guy who's a free agent I would consider bringing back. Um, I would consider bringing back maybe a guy like Paris Campbell to be a depth piece. Like, there, there's some dudes I think worth bringing back, and the defense isn't crazy far off and like you said they've got decent skill position talent but i i think my gold standard for rebuild is like it's we'll see if it's the lions but to me it just makes a lot of sense in my head to like build the infrastructure you've got jameson williams you've got amon ross st brown you've got you know a good offensive line and then you just as the final piece you just drop that quarterback in and he's in a place where he can, can succeed right away like if you can get a top five pick and maybe you spend it on a, a tackle and you have Quentin Nelson and you have Kelly, who's not playing very well this year, but you know, is talented and Nelson. And like, maybe there's, maybe there's a world where you can get the offensive. Like this is an offensive line season. That's what you spend. You have enough money to bring in maybe an Elton Jenkins. You can spend a high draft pick on one and then you just maybe Ellinger is your golf. And then next year you just drop a guy into that, structure with Pittman and Pierce and, and a decent run defense even still and and hope that's enough with a new coach. But the wild card, I think, with the Colts is always the owner. That's something we can't really take into account when we do these things like in a vacuum. But Jim Ursay is a deeply unserious owner. Deeply <laughs> unserious. A well, there's a lot of unserious owners like Jim Dolan for the or John or Jim, right? I think it's Jay, Jim James Dolan, Dolan for the his friend. James his Dolan? friends call his friends call him Jimmy or something. I don't know what exactly. Jimmy, no well, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Dolan. Um, <laughs> his band calls him Jimmy or whatever. <laughs> like he's he's a notoriously like unserious owner when I think of them, and obviously Daniel Snyder is like a little bit more harmful than just unserious. But like it's it's always tough when you've got a guy up top who is seems to be very involved in the decision-making and just completely impulsive. Those are the two yeah. things with the Colts. That's like, I honestly wouldn't hate the state of like how quickly the Colts can turn it around if it wasn't for that. Yeah, that was something that something Colin Cowherd was talking about where it was like, dude, these impulsive owners. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> well, then I changed my no, mind. No, he, he, no, he's an, he's an exactly, he was like, he's like these impulsive owners, bro. They get on my nerves. And I, I agree with him, except like I also, there's also the, the breed of owners that just don't know ball, like just the non-football. It's like the, the Haslams, right? The Haslams own the Browns and yet, and they were making all these decisions for the Browns, but like didn't know football. And then Hugh Jackson came in and was and was like, "You you guys can't be doing me like this. You can't make all these decisions <laughs> and then fire me when the team is bad." <laughs> that that reminds me. So I've I've been watching uh, the Hulu Lakers documentary, and uh, there's a part where uh, Jerry Buss was just like, 
all right, I trust, I wholeheartedly trust anything that Jerry West says, and then they, like, win championships. And I'm just like, yes, that's pretty much it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you were, you were, in, thing, you were in real estate, like, two years ago. You were a smart man. <laughs> the thing is, if I was an owner, I can't even blame these owners, because if I bought a football team, damn right, I would be, like, oh, making the decisions. Oh, yeah. I'm making the decisions. I'm head coach, and I'm, I'm going to I'm head coach, teams. dude. I'm it's, everything for that team. I would be... Like, I do not blame the owners for, like, making hiring decisions or wanting this quarterback or that quarterback and trying to make that happen. Because if you buy a football team, I mean, if you don't have anything to do with them, you might as well just be that you just spend a, like, it's like <laughs> it's a, a NASDAQ, you know? Yeah, boring. I, I, I don't care. So- I'm in this for the love of the game man i'm treating that shit like a 2k game for absolutely <laughs> I, i'd be so insufferable i'd be like every day i'd be like is this your team didn't think so all right anyway like next up <laughs> i wouldn't even have anyone to tell that to <laughs> you'd fire everybody <laughs> i'd fire every. i'd be the only one it would just it would literally be just like madden where like i'm setting the schemes in this in the menu we're, we're I'm, running four you know, verbs every scouting play. the players it's lonely at I'm the bottom scouting the players <laughs> I'm just making every single decision. I'm maybe I'm relocating them and changing their name to something ridiculous, like just completely shaping <laughs> this thing in my image. It's I do not blame Ursay or any owner who who meddles, but it, it does make it difficult when you're the GM. Yeah. It makes it difficult when you're bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, right. I mean, the difference between me and them is like I would be generational. And, uh, <laughs> I'd win a lot, but that's that's just me. That's yeah, just me, me personally. Just me, you know. <laughs> Yeah, Matt Ryan would be balling under my watch. So yeah, I yeah, that's what that's I don't what know. I, I, Matt, I give you rebuild a a four. I don't agree with trading everybody away. I'll say that. I think that you could keep things. I think you can keep this run defense together. They have. It's not like the Saints where you have to eventually get rid of everybody. I think that you can keep it together, and if you can just fix the line and drop a quarterback in your team looks pretty good. So I'm going to give it a, I'm you gave me a three, so I'm going to give you a three wow. in a vengeful sort of way and say, <laughs> I don't like your idea of trading everybody away. Yeah, I, I, I'm I on the same page as Theo, but I'm giving you a four. <laughs> I was just like, I think you could just sign some guys. I, I feel like you. Could I, I, I actually disagree a lot. I think, I think the problems with the team are like completely fundamental and just who they're spending money on. I mean, fundamental. That's, I mean, that's just ownership. So, like, I would just, I would just sign a bunch of guys. <laughs> I would just fire, fire the owner. Lead. Actually, that's where we start. <laughs> I would hire someone from the from the Ravens or something, and then get a mobile quarterback because the Ravens are another team that just does not spend money on positions like people think you should spend. But they're like, yes, we will trade and then sign Roquan Smith. We will spend firsts and bring in safeties in free agency. We will, you know, do what we'll spend a first round pick on a center. They like the Ravens also do that. They send like top picks and money on, on non-prioritized positions. So I would bring in like, well, the problem is who on the Ravens staff is worth bringing in. I'm not signing Greg Roman, but right. I don't know. I also <laughs> I would, I would maybe try to, if I have, if my team is built weird and I don't even think that they're built I mean, they can go in 11 personnel and they have the receivers in the the running back, which yeah. the Ravens don't have. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I also should say that I, I don't think it's like trade everyone no matter what. It's like 
if you get a really good be offer into it, it's like if okay, if you get the McCaffrey offer for Jonathan Taylor, I would be thinking about that. Or if you get like a really good offer for uh, Buckner, then I'd be thinking about that just because of age and where the team is at. But it's it's not like you must trade all the good players for draft picks. Like Pittman <laughs> would be one where it's like if you get a really good offer for him, I would think about it. But if the Rams offer you two first round, right? If the Rams offer <laughs> if you, the Rams come in and uh, Brian burns him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, Kofi. What do you What are you giving Matt? Oh, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a four because any idea that's on this podcast is infinitely better than whatever the owner has cooking up. I feel like the little <laughs> hamster. I feel like the hamster wheel is just going nuts in his head, man. Just like thinking of ideas, and he's like. <laughs> See, I think I honestly. So the other the other scenario I think is that he just turned on ESPN and was like, "I know that guy," and then that was instantly how he like made the decision. So, <laughs> or he's like, he made, he made one good point. He's like, "I think the Colts need to like establish the run more than they have." He's like, you know he's like you know "There's what? only one man. This guy's a job. genius. Oh. <laughs> this guy's a genius." I have. It's so funny. I was going to hire. If Skip you guys Bayless. could have any old player from your favorite teams come back and be the interim coach for the last half of the year. I would pick Donald driver for the Packers. That would be my pick. But do you guys have anybody who you'd want? Well, Jim to Brown's too old cameo. Jim Brown is too old. He's too old. 80 year old Jim Brown <laughs> doesn't know much about the modern game. I'd probably go with Joe Thomas. I'd, I'd probably have to go with Joe Thomas. That's basically what the Colts did. <laughs> it is no, like to a <laughs> team, like but thing. like, I don't know. Joe, I, yeah, he went into media and then he got. It's pretty limited when you're a Browns Yeah, it fan. is pretty limited. I mean, what are we going to do? Sign Peyton, get Peyton Greg Hills Barnage. in the building, Josh Cribbs, uh, <laughs> Bernie Kozar. Like, what are we. <laughs> uh, maybe I'd do uh, Andrew Whitworth for like the Bengals. That's not a bad one. I would. That's not yeah. a bad one. He's fresh. I would do that. Just I'd give that a shot. Yeah. Like, get Zach Taylor out of here. I'm, ti- I'm tired of it. <laughs> Every 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 week, man. I'm I'm sick of it. Andrew Whitworth <laughs> has a ring. Does Zach Taylor have a ring? <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, when I was in, I was in L.A. for that during the Super Bowl, and of course, you saw more Bengals fans than Rams fans the entire week. And then I, you know, they're in the game, drank a lot of soju, and then woke up blocked by Darren Ravel. So you know, it's just it was a great great time all around. You know. <laughs> Darren Ravel. I haven't heard that name in a while. Man. I, yeah, I woke up. I was like, okay, I finally I finally got blocked by him. This is good. <laughs> I just learned I got blocked by Rashawn Gary on Twitter. Really? Which is weird because I don't think I've ever said anything bad about Rashawn Gary. Besides, I, I think maybe I said he wasn't. I didn't have him in like my top 100 players list that I made after last season. And now I would put him there for sure. But like I never was like, and I got blocked by Tyron Matthew. But that's because I said he he doesn't give any effort tackling. Like I get why he did that. <laughs> but Rashawn Gary like floored me. I think it's so day. funny, like players blocking analysts. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I, I think that's like players. so really understandable. Honestly, people are like, that's that's weak. You can't do that. Yes, you can. I would. I would block Theo. Like if I was a player and I was bad. And you were like posting my clips of me being bad on Twitter. I would block you, Theo. Is what yeah. I'm getting after if I was like Patrick Queen has also blocked me 
for saying that he's not that good in coverage. Twitter, Twitter's going downhill. You gotta start, man. I'm blocked by like Randy Edsold, man. Like it's it's <laughs> maybe with what Cal, man, I, I tweeted something. I said that Cowherd was like a fraud. It got like ten thousand likes. I'm not blocked by him, but maybe that's the one I'll start working on. That'd be a big well, if, Coward, <laughs> if Coward blocked everyone who called him a fraud. Coward would not have any <laughs> no have any followers. <laughs> You know, his whole thing is I don't block people very often. I get a lot of hate. And like this morning, a Dolphins fan um, tweeted a video at me. It was a, it was like an animation of a knife cutting my skull open and then zooming in. And what? it's just a bunch of cobwebs. Yeah. <laughs> so t- like they tweeted that at me, which is pretty creative. And like, it takes Dude, a lot for me to block you. It takes a lot. I'll do it if you're like horrible, but it takes a lot. If someone, people. if it, t- if it takes someone going into like an Adobe product to like bring you down, you are, <laughs> that is the ultimate rent free. Like that man opened up like I th- Adobe I think that's Photoshop. A filter. He did. A, he oh, did. TikTok he, filter. He, oh, okay. Okay. I think it's a TikTok. Oh, filter. <laughs> Dang oh, oh, okay. Now yeah, it's not as special. Maybe I will now you don't feel as special. You, if you, yeah. You got to go in a Photoshop. That's the real, like ultimate rent free. Like you, you did all this work for like maybe 16 likes, you know, like all that. <laughs> I just, know. You know all that for a drop <laughs> of clout. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. But, so I guess if we're sticking with NFL themes, I'll uh, run through my Raiders fix up real quick. Is this going to involve trading Derek Carr to the Browns like last year? <laughs> No, it is not. This okay. one actually involves keeping Derek Carr. Okay. Um, Matt, you made a point that I, I it's high time I get off the Derek Carr train. You've been you've been fighting this battle for an I've been fighting this time. battle it's for never seven been years. Fruitful, man. <laughs> seven years, man. I've been fighting the Derek Carr battle. Uh, <laughs> but like the biggest problem with the Raiders is it's just such a it, it's a weird team. Their offense hasn't really been that bad. Right, Their offense has not been that bad. They have not been able to finish games. They've been in almost every game they've played except for the Saints game where they got throttled. But in every other, they're, they're in it to like the last second and then they, they either don't score or they give up a touchdown or they go to overtime and lose. But the biggest problem is their defense. They have nobody. Now that Nate Hobbs is hurt, like their secondary is completely void of like any substance whatsoever. And I, I think the first step you need is to get is to get a DB. And my thought was, okay, you're going to have a high draft pick. You might be able to draft a guy. I don't know who is worth drafting yet in the secondary. But I do know that you can definitely trade Ringo. that pick. Ringo? From Georgia. He's amazing. From Georgia? Okay. Yeah, there's a couple more. There's, I'm, I'm sure there's guys there. But in the spirit of me not knowing, my, my thought was, why don't you trade one of those picks? Why don't you trade your first round pick for a guy that might be an elite corner? Because that, I think, is what you really need to hold out, hold out in these are big you gonna games. Talk, are you gonna, do you have one in mind? So, so here's, okay, there, there's a couple options here. If you say Denzel Ward, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally well, now, who you were going to say. That's he's always a cool one. Uh, audible, audible. Audible. <laughs> no, but um, no, here, I had a couple. So Denzel was one. Denzel was one option. 
uh, to get to give the Browns a first round pick back. But the other option uh, would be Lattimore. If you're talking about the Saints need to offload some guys, I think Lattimore would be an interesting guy. The only problem, I don't know if he's quite worth the first round. So maybe well, he's not I, worth a top 10 first round. Yeah, I think he's not worth a top 10 first round pick. But again, that's just me not knowing a lot of the guys yet because I haven't been watching a ton of college football. You want to um, hear a, a crazy stat from the Raiders defense? I think, let's see if I can get the exact numbers about their sacks. Um, Max Crosby, I believe, has nine. Crosby's, that's the thing. Crosby's been good. Chandler Crosby's Jones? No one been. else on the team, I believe, has more than two or three. I think they have like 16 sacks this season. And, and Crosby has like nine of them. Yeah. Something completely ridiculous like that. No, like here's... The, the the Raiders are such a, a fascinating team because they have Crosby, who's really good. I mean, that dude is really good. And they're often, like, Adams has been playing really yeah, well Yeah, Crosby this has year. six. Perryman has one. <laughs> Nate Hobbs has one. Chandler yeah, Jones Hobbs has half a sack. Now, so. Cleveland, Fe- <laughs> Cleveland Farrell has half a sack. Yeah, Those are their sack numbers this year. Tell me that's not the most pathetic thing you have ever heard is people not rusher, named... Get a corner. There is not a single defensive lineman on this team who has a sack. There's two but, that have 0.5. They don't. There's no one who's at one outside of Max Crosby. That but, is crazy about their but defense. Hey, all I'm saying is, if I if I'm at quarterback and I line up and I look over and I see that literally any of my receivers have what what is uh, Anthony Averett across from him, I'm throwing that up. Every, like immediate like i'm so, like i'm not waiting for max crosby to get i'm like oh yeah he's open like sorry like <laughs> rocky has seen like i'm not no no one's scared of these corners bro that's i think that's the biggest problem like you can get sacks if you if you can cover right if, if no one's open you'll get some coverage sacks i'm not too worried about the defensive line because you do have crosby but man especially with hobbs being out hobbs being out it would be like salvageable maybe but that man, their defense is just like without without a true number one corner, it is just truly inept. Like Derek Carr, I don't think has been horrible. He's he's been not great, right? And that's the thing is like you would expect like the addition of Devontae to like really elevate that offense. Um and it and it hasn't. But Devontae's been good. Carr has been meh, the offensive line has been roughly league average, maybe a little bit worse. Jacobs has been good. Josh Jacobs has been good. That's been a pleasant surprise. But it's just like, it's really, I don't know, the rest of this offense has been kind of underwhelming. So I, I think the two things you need are um, an offense. I think I think you need to build up that offensive line a little bit. Build up the offensive line. But and, not in the first, but so. Not, okay, not, not, not with the first round pick. Not with the first round pick. Not with the first round pick. I think you need to get some offensive linemen. I think you need to bring in a corner. The problem is that you can't just trade for everyone, and you're only going to have the one really big pick. So maybe the so then the argument would then be, well, why don't they just go out and get a quarterback? Because it's like, well, if you have a top five pick, which right now they are at three, they are they would have the third overall pick today. Yeah. That's that's why what I'm like corner is worth the third overall pick. Denzel Ward. 
and Ford. That's the thing is, like, <laughs> none of them, none of them, none of them are. But it's like I'm not willing to move on from Derek Carr. Okay, and and that's and that's maybe my heart talking more. I don't think that's a horrible take is like Derek Carr must be replaced immediately. Like I'm, I'm okay with running back the skill position talent on the offense, but they need some young talent on rookie deals. They can't, the the pick they have is going to be great. Absolutely. No world. You trade that away. They've the Gruden and Mayock era messed up so many drafts that there just is not a lot of like young talent. They've got Devante. He's not on a rookie deal. Max Crosby. That's not on a rookie deal. Yeah. You know, but like, Darren Waller, no. Carr, no. Um, who in the secondary? Like maybe Nate Hobbs at this point. Like he's yeah. good. Nate Hobbs, but Chandler is Jones, no. They just don't have any young, exciting talent. Like, but uh, they've, they've, they've got had Josh Jacobs, draft picks. But. They they've had draft picks in the past, and that's why I'm like, what they they've been so awful at drafting. Like yes, but it's a you, new GM. It's a new regime. You yeah. have to use those picks. Trading away their first round pick is. I'm sorry, Bladen, but I'm giving that a, a zero if that's the oh, big move yeah. because there's no corner worth that pick. And they're not – if you're going to trade your first-round pick, you've got to be like the Rams. And, you know, they were in the playoffs. Be, they were be, in the Super Bowl without Ramsey in 2018. Close. Like, they were there. They weren't the third overall pick in trading their picks away, you know? So, well, okay. like, I don't know exactly what corner you should you, take you have, in this have, situation you to, either. You also have but, to think there's, like, there's a world in which, like, you could you could really stockpile some assets. So there's there's the world in which you try and go all in for next year, thinking that okay, we have the talent on skill positions, which you do. Derek Carr is a competent quarterback. Devontae Adams is a really really good wide receiver. Some would say he's the best in the league, but I, I mean he's definitely top five, I think. And then you have Josh Jacobs, who's a, a, has really turned it around as a runner. He's going to be a free agent. Do you bring him back? That's that's a big question. I think you you can afford to, depending on what kind of money he wants. Max Crosby is good. But the guys drafting below you, Detroit needs a quarterback. That's the big one. If Detroit is is behind you in draft order, I'm I'm calling them. But I'm I don't saying, think hey, they I'm, will be. I don't think the Raiders maybe they, are maybe they like won't be, but that's out. that's like who it's like we don't know that it, right now. And that's like, I'm down like, to trade back. I'm just, dra- I'm also, I'm just down to make picks in the top 10 when you have them yeah. because they just need young talent. They need young talent. It's not like it's, it's just a hard. Team it's, that- it's hard to know right now what those guys are going to be. So that's why I'm, I'm not entirely sold on like, Oh, just like pick whoever. But like, if there, if there's, if there's a high level player that you feel comfortable picking in, at that spot, then yeah. But like, if you have Detroit behind you, I'm trading back and I'm saying I want that pick and I want like a high level defender. Well, I mean they don't Detroit doesn't even have a high level defender, so maybe don't even call them about it. <laughs> Are you firing Josh McDaniels? That is the, that is ended the pick in the top 7 because I think that's maybe a the maybe most found, foundational question about the Raiders future is they stink this year. He didn't do well at his last I, head coaching job. Have you seen enough? Are you done? Or are you well? Not back? even his last head coaching job. McDaniel's outside of like the Brady era has struggled to lead like an above average offense, like in his entire career. Outside of having Tom Brady at quarterback, he has basically been mid at getting high high, uh, high level offenses. I would be interested in entertaining the enemy. That I think could be an interesting option. <laughs> I would I would be interested in entertaining Bienemy as, as a coach. If you brought in 
the enemy and then you could get a corner in some way shape or form that could be that could be the juice you really need because there's i'm not bringing in a defensive coach that's that's the i really don't want to do that but you need juice on defense and i think the thing you need a corner i like that's so foundational to me um all great i think like all great teams have great corners i can't think of like there's very few I could think of that, like, don't. The Bills right now? I guess. The Chiefs. But the Bills are like, the Bills are great. The, the Bills are great everywhere else. The Chiefs are great everywhere. Like, it's like, you're, you're good enough in enough places to make up for it. But like, the Rams, are like, depending on, on the, the Rams, la- the Rams won the Super Bowl last year. They had arguably the best corner in football, given he got toasted in the Super Bowl. But yes. he's an integral Corn- part of getting them there. Where I'm at with the with them, I'm I'm definitely down to to fire Josh McDaniels. Like I just it, I, the it's, hire didn't fire, move me when it happened. Firing a coach, firing a coach is a, is a tough thing. And, After a year, it's really tough. But it is. He's just it's it, he didn't move me when it happened. The results haven't been good. Like I I don't know that it's. That, it may be smart to the, not give up on it, but I, it, it, I would be down to fire him. I would be down to take a uh, get some young talent on the roster, whether that be trading back from the top five, whether that be taking right. a guy. But I think you do have to take a guy and maybe revamp the, it, the offensive also, coaching staff because they do seem to be underperforming with the amount of, of talent that they yes. have. And they've got to invest in the defense, though. That's the number one thing. Get yes. young talent on the defense. Get an offensive lo- a, a defensive player who can get a sack, a defensive lineman who can get a sack. <laughs> and that, that's what I, I think bringing in a corner would help but, with that. Like If you have someone that you can have as a lockdown corner on one side, right? I love the idea of like you put your number one corner on the number two guy and then you drape the number one i love that that style yes. of defense um yes. that that and is more than of, one pick in the draft right there's more than one pick in the draft so yeah and that's the kind of i mean yeah the the seahawks got Tariq woolen in the fifth so they're they're more than capable of of, of picking up a corner but i would like bro if, if they took four corners in this draft go for it dog <laughs> you're you're underrating nate hobbs right here nate hobbs is a real yeah CEO. nate hobbs is good he's hurt right now that's true <laughs> So so right, right now they're they're playing with nobody. Yes. So yes. so give me give me a a fresh high level corner whether it be a rookie or whether you can trade for someone. Give me the the risk of the big risk of firing Josh McDaniels right now for me is like does the enemy want to be there? Is and if you don't want the enemy, well, do they want the enemy? The enemy has yeah, been like, hired. Hey, He's been in the they, coaching cycle for like three years. And right, hey, do I mean, they want the enemy? And B. If they don't want, is there anyone else? Is there anyone else out there that you're like, oh yeah, this would be a great offensive play caller to bring in and be our new head coach? That's 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 the other thing. So it's like it, it's risky firing your head coach, especially after a first season. So like I'm on board with it, but like it it just seems like a risk, and I don't know if that's something you necessarily want to take. And also like first year, it could have just. Things could just not be clicking right now. That could also be it. It could just be like heads clashing. And maybe in year two, they figure it out. 
But firing your head coach all the time, like the one thing that can sink a career is is getting new playbooks and new everything every single season. So I definitely see the pros and cons to it. I would probably keep McDaniels around and be down to yes. fire him at like midseason next year, like Matt Rule or something like that. If, if or Frank Reich, if something went wrong, that's probably what I would do. But I think the key with the Raiders is just make your picks. You've got some some talent on contracts right now. Just make your picks. Yeah. Get some young talent infused in the building. I, I, the rebuild shouldn't be that difficult with with who they've got on the roster so yeah i i mean i thought this team was going to be good this year yeah exactly exactly so it just get some young talent that's that's the only thing with there like you you, your quarterback we'll see with Carr. we'll see with mcdaniels i think next year like give them another year and if it's bad you'll just know for sure there won't be any questions on if you gave them up on them too early if it if the results are bad again next year so that's where i'm at with it make your picks this season bring it back see if you can turn it around they did have they it's been a lot of close losses and blown leads like maybe those flip next season i i don't think yeah, I don't think anything needs drastic needs to happen. So, as far as grades, you were about to suggest giving trading Denzel. I just Ward don't. For the I just don't know who the, the corners draft, are. So, so I was just like, oh, maybe they could one. trade for a guy. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once 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 we get into like the scouting era, I'll be like, oh man, this guy's. I mean, because that there's not like there's not like the viral clip like there was of Kyle Hamilton last year to get everyone excited. Like you didn't in, see the Ringo thing versus oh, who did they just play? Uh, uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. He just had complete great coverage. Just oh, I was I was, most, I was most I was mostly just making fun. I was a not very sober for that game. And B and <laughs> <laughs> B. Fair enough. Uh, and B, I was just like, bro, this Hendon Hooker dude is so mid. <laughs> that was like my entire, <laughs> that was my entire experience of watching that game. Well, what are you guys giving the, giving the breakdown here? I'm going to, I'm going to give it a three because I like the idea of Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid playing each other twice <laughs> a year. Just, just need that. Honestly, yeah. that sounds like some of the most fun football I could ever like. I'm I'm tuned in for that. Like I'm waking up for that one. Honestly, like, well, I let's see that. five of the tight end shuffle like those. <laughs> like it's Darren quarter. Waller versus Travis Kelsey on like, that's a, the quarterbacks that's like a, will spend the majority of the game like trying to get the defense's attention as there's like a direct snap to Waller and Kelsey. It's, <laughs> it's like it's like Yugi versus Kaiba for like forty or like a whole hour of football. Like that's that sounds like so fun to me. Honestly, love uh, that. <laughs> all right, we need more of the Andy Reid tree. Uh, like maybe not because Matt Nagy was and, Andy Reid tree, so we'll see. But there aren't enough play callers like. Andy Reid out there. I there's mean, too many. There's a million fun. Shanahan's. But I mean, how many no coaching Chiefs. trees are actually like that successful? The Belichick right now it's not, just Shanahan. It's just right Shanahan. Now it's, just, it's just Shanahan and McVeigh. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Matt, how about you? I'll give it a. I'll give it a four. Um, but I, I think the idea of like trading a, a major pick for a cornerback is a bad one. Focused mostly on the fact that it would be good for the Browns. <laughs> it, also it would, would be not, good for the Browns. It also would not solve their problems, I don't think. That entirely. <laughs> really, and I, I think trading a pick but... that high for a cornerback you also have to pay is just bad long term management, especially considering that Denzel Ward doesn't stay healthy. I also True. think I do, but I do like the idea of keeping I don't really entertain the idea of trading Carr because the whole I, reason you have Adams is because Carr is there yes, that and was, they were friends in college. So yeah. I do like that. <laughs> and, about and, that it. Ha- and that hasn't been like a total negative. Like 
they car and adams have been able to connect oh, yeah. it's just when they adams get has had some big games the, i think i think the big knock on Derek carr right now is you watch like the if you just watch the fourth quarter of raiders games you're like dog these these boys can't play <laughs> eventually and, 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 you move and, and on you'd but be i'm not right. sure if it's if you, it's bro, this offseason with this contract must but. must see witching hour viewing <laughs> exactly <laughs> at least they're that witching hour alert that. you know <laughs> literally they i mean they just cannot play in, in at the end of games i don't get it it's just like two minute drill nah dog they're losing <laughs> kofi saving the best for last oh no I, with i'm your with your rebuild here I'm so glad that Bladen let me know ahead of time that we're doing rebuilds. So I put yeah. the Los Angeles Lakers in four years of 2K. And there we go. And this this is going to. So the thing about the Lakers is that they got three expensive players uh, and mm-hmm. no picks until like 3008. So um, the first thing I tried to do was I tried to trade LeBron instantly, but he can't be traded this year because he just signed an extension. So that was already off the table. Yeah. Now, secondly, I went to uh, go trading Anthony Davis, trading Russell Westbrook, but all the trades that 2K gave me back were not trades that I would take. So I'll, I'm going to go through these trades with you guys and see if you guys would take them or not if okay. you're the other team. All right. Okay. So we have Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder for Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson, right? No. No. Right. So I'm like, all of these, it's like, okay, Anthony Davis and Austin Reeves for Bam and Victor Oladipo. And it's like, if you're the Heat, why would you do that? So all of these 2K trades are obviously like force trade, turn it on if you want to have fun with this team. You actually have, you're like, so <laughs> I end up, so I end up, this, 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 this becomes such like, this, this one, this one of the saddest simulations i've ever done and that's coming from me who makes fun to mention this is one of the saddest things i've ever seen so i ended up i'm like okay who can i trade and i go i trade patrick beverly right we go to patrick beverly we're already we're all the way down here we're, already, we're i'm glad here. that i'm glad that the stay hot podcast has led to you having the least fun you've ever had <laughs> <video game. laughs> it's it's definitely it's definitely up there honestly um so we <laughs> But the thing is that even when it's not fun, it's extremely hilarious. Like you're just like, wow, yes. I can't believe I cannot it's believe so it. So unfun, Matt. <laughs> how do you, how did you make a video? Someone game out there like- actually has to do this, which is <laughs> like I could just turn it off. There's someone out there who cannot turn the game off. So I trade. So you know the whole the whole formula for LeBron in his career was just it's always been like LeBron and shooting, and the Lakers just didn't do that. So I made it my yes. mission this year to be to I made this my mission in the sim to just like get as many shooters as possible. So I trade Patrick Beverly and the twenty three second round pick for Davis Bertans and the twenty seven first round pick because. I'm like, oh, first round pick. I immediately like, oh, we're not winning anything for years, right? So I trade that, and then the Lakers end up going, um, let's see, they end up going 34 and uh, 48, which is ex- which is ex- extremely generous, knowing how we the how this season has started. I'm like, this is extremely generous, and of course, they don't have any picks, right? Mm-hmm. So year two. It's just LeBron and a bunch of like dudes with the minimum. 
I let Russell Westbrook walk because there isn't like a suitable trade that showed up. Um, so I end up with LeBron, Anthony Davis, Alec Burks, Devontae Graham, like Royce O'Neal, <laughs> Berton. <laughs> I end up with all that. I do that second Tim. It goes 34 and 48, right? And now we're like, LeBron is 39 years old, but the game says he's still jubilant. I don't know what for, but <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so then I get to this, the next season, I get to try to try to trade LeBron and there are no offers. And I'm guessing it's because LeBron is like 39 years old or who knows? Maybe that's gotta be it. I'm like, mm. and so I try to trade, I try to do a package around Anthony Davis, but again, everything I get back is just nothing. That's what's like Anthony Davis and Royce O'Neal for Brandon Ingram and Trey Murphy. Like, I don't see why it's, it's like all of these. I was like, I'm not going to pull the trigger unless I actually see a team doing this. So you right. end up just stuck. And then in year three, they win 33 games. And here's, here's where, here's where the rebuild starts. LeBron retires at age 40. This is where it starts. So now Lakers fans buckle up. You have two or three more years of this and it's not going to get any better. So now you have Anthony Davis and now How old is AD at this point? He's got to be 80, 80. It says he's 32. I know okay. 80 was that you, we talk about 80. Like he's 35, 32. Right. right. I was like, yo, that surprises uh, me. I was like, cause it's weird. Cause I've watched, I've watched like eight Lakers games already. Cause now that I'm on the West coast, it's, it's easier to watch local TV dumpster right. fires. And it's wild to see like Anthony Davis just like whenever he's in the game, it's cool. But then he, when he walks off, he like just like limps off like a decrepit old man in an Indiana <laughs> Jones movie. And it's like really just like I'm like, how much how many more years of this can happen? So I and then I'm like, I look at the roster in year four and I'm like, dude, it's time to ship Anthony Davis. There's nothing here. But now the trade value has gone down. So I some like full reset button. So now it's I trade Anthony Davis for Christian Wood and Gary Trent Jr. And then the next season they win 18, 18 games. Russell Westbrook <sighs> retires. We get to second pick, and then I'm like, I end the sim there because now all these people are creative players. But the the thing, the main takeaway I get from this is that Lakers, unless there's like an actual trade that happens in the next like year or so, they are cooked. And I I it it takes a lot of delight in seeing that the Lakers are going to be cooked for years because that means that I can get cheap Staples Center's tickets and there we go. that's really good for me. So <laughs> do you, do you I think worry it's about the, realistic. the market value? Do you worry about the market value of just playing in LA, keeping them alive? I feel I feel I was so again, so I watched the the Hulu Lakers documentary and it's the fact that they like they like LeBron just like fell into their lap. I imagine, I want to think that there will be an NBA player like I feel like LA is always going to be a destination whether it's like uh it's like hey no matter how bad the lakers are they just like got gifted not like lebron was just like okay i'm coming to la and it's just like what what other i'm like no no one's ever just sat down and been like you know where i'm going to I'm going to Salt Lake City to play for the Utah. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's like never happening. <laughs> not like in the NBA. Never. We talk, We To bring this back to what we talked about earlier, Tom yeah. Brady going to the Bucks 
like would be the equivalent of like LeBron going to the to the Orlando Magic. Like it just does not happen <laughs> in the NBA. The Bucks yeah. literally had the lowest winning percentage of any NFL team when Tom Brady joined them. I don't know what team that is for the for the National Basketball Association, but yeah, no, he could have joined any any team and he was like i'm gonna go to the post kobe lakers and it still worked out because he's lebron and it's the Lakers. dude i i will never forget as an all-time new england patriots hater i never forget that pick six and i was like dude that's it that's the last of it that's we're done he's falling (laughs) off the cliff it's it's over he's cooked (laughs) two years later you're watching the super bowl just like fuck how did he get here again no (laughs) it's like (laughs) never it really it really just oh. he's just a machine sent from outer space sadly but i just wanted to that's just funny that you know of course lebron goes to the lakers but we talked about it earlier with the nfl like small yeah. market teams have more of a yeah. chance but you're right you're yeah right. i think i think that the lakers will just the the lakers and even like the clippers to some small degree because like they got paul george and Kawhi leonard even though they've had a history of just being a absolute poverty franchise you know it's just like there's always the hope that there is somebody that's pissed and they're going to be in a city where they don't want to be in. And then they see LA and are just like, all right, I'll make it work. You know, there's always, there's always that. I feel like for the Lakers, there's always going to be just that, like, even if there's a sliver of a chance, as soon as they come out here or as soon as they come out here, they're just going to be like, all right. Where it's like New York is fun. I I lived in New York for three years where New York's kind of funny because it's like, it's like the media, the New York media is awesome. Like it's a, it's an awesome place. I love New York city, but it's, I feel like it's a little bit different in terms of just like the vibe, like yeah. not everybody fits the New York vibe where it's like, Hey, not, not, not everybody's built for this New York sports, like lifestyle and stuff. But um, yeah, I feel like LA is always like, yeah, there's, there's so much like, you know, so I think there's always going to be that window open, honestly. So was wasn't it Zach Wilson where everyone was like the New York media is going to eat him it's alive? It's every rookie. It's every rookie quarterback. Daniel, that Daniel has Jones ever and all in that. New York. It's every player that's ever played in New York is like the New York media. But if, the, you've, always, the if, you've, read, if you've read like a New York Post like headline <laughs> like on a sport, you you get it. You're like, damn, I oh y'all going in like. I don't. <laughs> Yeah, there is no LA equivalent of the <laughs> of the New York Post. The Lakers are trying to thread a ridiculously like small needle here where LeBron and Anthony Davis their trade value like deteriorates significantly with every passing year, but also they have to surround them with t- like there's a like a supply and demand line where with the effect that you're talking about Kofi where it's like you need young pieces and you would like to move them. But by the time you get in the position to actually do so now they're, they're too old. So there's like a a sweet spot of like a transition of power here that they're, they're trying to thread this like crazy thin, small, like thread through the eye of this needle. And it's, I just don't think they're going to do it. I'm mad. You were about to say something too, but yeah. And I think that the window we don't, I don't think we, we are talking about this. If the Lakers just like had shooters, 
Like if they just had spacing, I feel like that opens the window up for just like a little bit longer. Like it's nuts. Like watching uh, Russell Westbrook drive and then pass it to Lonnie Walker, and then it's like, oh, wide open three, clank. All right, and then they pass it to like, and then they just pass it to a uh, fucking uh, <laughs> like just like all these people. You see like a wide open shot, and it's like Patrick Beverly for three. No, and I'm just like, these are some of the like. It's it's nuts. It's like historic, crazy, a crazy NBA stat, a crazy NBA stat that I saw. uh, I was looking at cleaningtheglass.com, looking at some of the teams, and they have a stat on there where it's expected field goal percentage based. So it's based on where the shots come from. Who should have the highest field goal percentage in the league? Like who shoots the most efficient shots? Number one is the Los Angeles Lakers. They are taking the easiest shots in basketball at the rim, corner threes. That's what they're doing. They're not doing anything hard. They're not trying to create from the mid-range like some of these other teams, like maybe maybe the Hawks who haven't been a great a great offensive team, maybe a little bit underwhelming on offense to begin with. A lot of that has to do is because they're trying to cook from the long mid-range and take like step back, fade away, deep twos all the time. And like those shots just aren't going to fall all the time. That's not what the Lakers bad shooting is like the lakers bad shooting is literally just you have the worst shooters ever because these are easy shots you are taking the easier shots than anyone else in the league and you still cannot hit them so you probably also have the least respected shooters in the league too it's it's tough and like i feel i i don't feel bad for like usually like it's like well they won a championship off of it so like right. i don't feel bad for the move like i would do it again over in a heartbeat except i would right a championship that could actually yeah. shoot <laughs> it's like huh. it's always funny like lakers because the lake lakers fans are i don't know another fan base that notoriously photoshops like every star where it's like every like potential Jimmy Butler put him in a Lakers uniform, like all the it's just uh, so funny. Where every it's tradition year, and at this just, point, yeah, sure, I, I sure love it. Be. I love it, and it's like I bet none of y'all are photoshopping Lonnie Walker. Like y'all, <laughs> it's what y'all, it's what y'all got. Like, <laughs> The Knicks also do that. I'll never forget that that image that was circulating a few years ago of Zion, KD, and Kyrie all in Knicks uniforms as oh the big three, and then they. They ended up with like Julius Randle and like Kevin Knox. <laughs> I, I love talking to Knicks fans about it because I remember, oh, because I remember like that year before where Julius Randle, it was like the Julius Randle contract year. It was like, oh man, Julius Randle made the step up. And then the next year I was, um, I was in a, I was in a bar in New York on the Lower East Side um, my my coworker Joe Ali uh, works at Secret Base. He's a Hawks fan, Georgia fan. I was with him and a lot of friends, and we're at a New York Knicks Nets bar, and Julius Randall is just like clanking everything. And Joe goes, and I, I shit you not, Joe goes. Everybody says he's most improved. What did he improve from? <laughs> like loud in the bar. <laughs> And I'm just, we're just, it's just so funny. And we're just dying laughing because we're, because we're all rooting for the Hawks and we're just like, go Hawks at this point. This is a Trey Young run. It was, yeah. oh my God. I was just, and, and all the Knicks fans. up and outside no, the. Because because the Knicks fans, Knicks fans, as, as passionate as they are, they also understand, they're like aware. They're like, yeah, this is what we've, we've rooted for for years. And we, it was just so chill. Like, 
I, I feel like Nick, for me, Knicks fans were like, yeah, you can have a conversation with them like rationally and be like, yeah, we, we know we have, we have these lofty goals and expectations, but we also know that they're not going to come true. Like that was the, that was the vibe in the bar. It was so funny. I loved it. <laughs> Kofi, I've got to give your rebuild of the Lakers though, a zero as it Absolutely. resulted in them getting 19 wins four <laughs> years from now. <laughs> but that, but that's proof that this was hey, not a good that, one. That was, that was that there's nothing I could like, there's literally your nothing process I could was do. sound. Your process yeah. was sound. And I guess that's, that's all you can ask for. Your process was a, was a seven, but the results were a zero. <laughs> it, so. I'm fine with a zero. That speaks totally more fine. to the Lakers totally situation. It's so funny seeing um, – I saw a couple of Lakers fans uh, like a week or two ago. They were being like, tank for Wemby. And I was like, do they know? <laughs> do they know? Do they know? <laughs> do they know? I'm like, no. It's so funny. Loved it. Yeah. I, I guess I would have to give – I think I'll give it a three. I, I think there's I think there's some hope. I think there's some hope with being bad for a long time, but then there's also I mean, the hope. They of had like, a lottery pick when when your rebuild ended, so there's limitless potential in the right, year 2026 exactly. or whatever. 2027. There's going to be it's like 2027, the, like whatever sweepstakes. It won't be Victor Wembanyama, but it'll be it'll, it'll be, be some someone, it'll be a, someone yeah. crazier than Victor Wembanyama. Right, it'll, it'll be an it'll eight be foot so- guy. Who- <laughs> An eight-footer eight foot who's Iverson pulling up will, from from center court, like <laughs> will be around, and that that'll be the Lakers' new superstar, and he'll be the greatest of all time. He'll be in every movie, like Shaq, <laughs> yeah, Sam, all of that, yeah. But I think that pretty much wraps things up for this episode. Kofi, thank you so much for joining us. And before we head out, make sure you plug everywhere you're at. Let people know where to find you. Absolutely. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Kofi, K-O-F-I-E. I'm on Twitch at Kofi, Y-K-O-F-I-E-W-H-Y. Same with TikTok. YouTube channel is Kofi. Um, do I even, I don't, I don't use Instagram. That's not important. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's pretty much about it. Love that. Awesome. And also, also follow Secret Base. Uh, of course, Fumble Dimension, all of us uh, at Secret Base. So love that. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, from Corn Boy, Bird Boy, and Lemon Boy, we will catch you all on the flippity flop. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.